Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about the secret to finding your midlife passion. Okay, let's dive in. What comes up for you when you hear somebody talking about their passion project? What do you think they mean by that? Are they talking about sex? Are they talking about meditation, a massage? What's going on? What is going on? Do you even know? Why did they say project? Why did they just say passion? Is it the same thing? (laughs) All these questions. Okay, a passion project is a little different than a hobby. Does hobby come up for you? Is that what you were thinking? So I want to talk about the difference. But passion projects and hobbies both bring you joy or satisfaction right? There's something about that part of your life that is unique, but people don't know how to find it. So many. So hobbies are something you typically do to relax and enjoy, right? Like knitting or beading, coloring, painting, drawing, puzzles, that sort of thing. A passion project is a little bit different. It's got a bit of a different flavor. It's as though you're compelled to do it. It's bigger than a hobby. It's something you've probably been interested in for a long time. And you can't even imagine not doing it, right? It's so ingrained in who you are. You might even lose track of time when you're doing it. You're that like in the flow. You are that focused. You have no trouble focusing on it, which cannot be said for so many other parts of our lives. (laughs) It's bigger than a hobby in its importance to you. It's something you will always find time for. It is who you are. So what are you thinking about now that I describe it that way? Do you have a passion project? Is there a part of your world that you would describe like this? Here's an example for me. Photography is a passion of mine, especially nature photography. So notice I didn't say photography was a hobby for me. I've never studied photography and there's so much I don't know about even how to use my camera, right? But it's in my blood. I remember taking pictures when I was a little girl. I think I got my first camera when I was six or seven. Um, it's in my blood. I feel compelled to take amazing photographs, not just snapping away, but like really good pictures and not a couple of shots either. I'm talking hundreds or even thousands sometimes. Like with whale watching, you might know if you've been a listener of the Women in the Middle podcast that I do enjoy my fair share of whale watching. And it's not enough that I'm doing my favorite thing, right? That I'm on a boat watching whales. The experience is incredibly enhanced by my fixation on taking photographs. I love the way it helps me study whale behavior too. I pride myself on knowing when to take the perfect picture that I want because I understand when the whale will dive and like I know enough about whale behavior to predict when the best pictures are going to be coming my way. 
I love using my zoom lens to help me see more. I love enlarging the photos too. I want to get in there. I want to edit. I want to see, really look closely once I have it enlarged on my screen. One of my most prized photographs didn't need a zoom lens though. It was taken in 1991 or 1992. It was on a whale watching trip in Baja. A gray whale was rubbing herself on the bottom of the 20 foot wooden skiff that we were in, this boat. She slowly rolled her 40 foot body so that her eye was only about a foot from mine as I looked over the side of the boat to watch her and take a picture, of course. And it was the most beautiful shot. Imagine that, like I'm leaning over the boat, her big, beautiful eye, which was about like bigger than my head, (laughs) was staring at me as I was staring at her. I took the picture and then she blinked and then I burst into tears. (laughs) It was such a moment. I wouldn't miss this opportunity. I I can't just go on the whale watch. Photography is a big part of my passion. And it's kind of a pain in the butt to bring my camera because I'm often had to fly somewhere and the camera's big. It's one of those DSLRs and takes up a lot of space and I'm flying and I have a backpack or something on the plane with a carry-on. And, you know, I end up with a lot of luggage in that situation because the extra effort to bring the camera. But, oh my God. God, it's just amazing. So I wouldn't miss an opportunity to do this. I always find time to do it. I'm drawn to it. I'm focused with it. And I am determined to create the opportunities. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes a hobby can develop into a passion. And sometimes hobbies are just hobbies. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. But I want you to really pay attention to whatever you're thinking about right now. Maybe something popped into your mind that you squished back. I just want you to be aware of what you're thinking as I'm raising some of these examples and stories. So some of my hobbies are calligraphy, collecting Frank Sinatra and Mel Torme CDs. Now, I know I'm old school with the CDs and with the interest in Frank and Mel, but (laughs) Um, send me an email if you also love those guys. Oh, my God. It really uh, my It's one of my happiest moments when the house is filled with their music. Uh, Buying beads is another hobby, especially when I'm on vacation in an interesting place. I, I always look for beads and pride myself in collecting interesting beads. Nail polish is one of my hobbies and having cool nails. And encaustic art is something I enjoy. That's painting with wax. Um, this sort of thing. Those are hobbies. But what I'm talking about today really is that determination and drive to focus on your passion. Gardening is another example I want to talk to you about. Gardening for me is more than a hobby. I like to be in the garden outside and inside, and my garden isn't actually spectacular or anything like that, but I I really, it's important to me to have and to nurture a garden. I love indoor house plants. I don't know the names of my plants. It's not like it's overkill with my knowledge of the plants, but I have lots of them. Like when you walk in the house, you notice that there are a lot of plants. And I even love my hydroponic uh, growing system. I have this beautiful um, hydroponic system in the kitchen. It's got a very low profile, so it fits in like a piece of furniture. And it's amazing. It's really quite unique. So if you want to check it out, head over to www.justvertical.com. 
Um, I love it. It's new. It was a startup. We met these guys at one, you know, I love the Green Living show. Do you guys go to shows like that? Green Living. Um, what's the other one I like? Uh, the cottage show, uh, the home show, the women's show, stuff like that. I love those. Anyway, we met these guys at the Green Living show. Um, and this is a cool system. I was just eating some tomatoes today from my hydroponic <laughs> garden in the kitchen. It also solves a really interesting problem that I have with the outdoor garden space. As you know, I have the big dog, Nico the Noof, my lovable uh, Newfoundland. Um, this boy knows how to pee and he pees on everything, including my garden. And not only that, but he squishes things and he jumps over gates. So it's become kind of hopeless. Um, I created a raised garden space in the backyard. But then when we discovered this hydroponic thing, oh, it's amazing. Nobody's peeing on it. No birds are pooping on it. No squirrels are stealing my tomatoes. <laughs> so with gardening, it started out as a hobby, but I can see now there's more to it because it's really a focus on nature. And this focus on nature permeates everything I do, and it's part of who I am. One of my favorite um, pictures happened when a hummingbird flew into my garden. Of course, my 35 millimeter camera was at the ready. And don't you know that the hummingbird and I were having a good time together? Uh, I was just snapping dozens and dozens of pi I think I snapped a few hundred pictures that day of the bird flying around um, my flowers. And oh, it was just amazing. And I was so in it. I stood there as long as I could until that hummingbird um, flew away. And the same sort of thing has happened now with this amazing bird bath that I have set up out of out, right outside my office window. And I got this solar powered um, bird fountain, a bird bath fountain. I got it on Amazon. <laughs> and I found it on Facebook. And it's amazing. You just put this little solar powered disc and it floats in the bird bath and it creates a little fountain. And it is party central in there with the birds. And again, having that was really important to me. And I, I just need it. It's, it's my anchor. And you know, that lovable noof I just told you about, I brought it in for the winter, the, the solar powered disc. And don't you know, my dog stole it. He, he's tall. He grabbed it off the counter and I saw him chewing it, my solar powered fountain that I had to pay extra for shipping. He chewed it up. So I have a feeling it's broken. So I'm going to make sure to try to find it on sale for the holidays and maybe I can get a deal again. Anyway, the reason I'm telling you all of this is that it's not necessarily digging in the dirt that turns me on. Um, it's being deep into nature, no pun intended, but really watching the behavior, taking the pictures, being one with the moment and whatever creature that I'm um, taking pictures of, like the hummingbird, the birds, the whales. It's such a part of who I am. That's a passion. Are you following what I mean? There's really no right or wrong way to have a passion except one. One way that's wrong. If you try to deny yourself the time to pursue it, you will no doubt suffer the consequences of making that decision. You will feel it as though something serious is missing. You will feel unfulfilled. I believe that that is what happens to so many amazing women in the middle. Tell me how you feel. I'm sorry if you're hearing that little ding. <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off on my watch. I'm going to have to work on that. 
Uh, okay. So I really want you to think about it. If you're ignoring your passion, you know you're not doing the thing you are the most passionate about. So if that happens, you will think thoughts that reflect that and your thoughts create your feeling. So if you see that you're ignoring your passion, I'm asking you to please figure out what you're thinking. Ignoring the passion would be the action. What causes your behavior? Your feelings. What causes your feelings? Your thoughts. It's all tied together. So if you're ignoring your passion, how are you feeling? And what thought is creating those feelings? Now, I can give you another personal example to help you think and explore what's going on in your brain. I love making beaded wire jewelry and head coverings for Jewish women. I've talked about this before in the podcast. Um, it's kind of an excuse for buying the beads, but notice I put buying the beads as a hobby. Making the items, that part's the hobby, but being creative like this is the passion. Creativity is alive and well in my life, and I need it. It's like water. I notice it when I'm not able to express it. So what I have for you now are seven questions you can ask yourself to help you determine what you're the most passionate about in your life. And when you join Finally First, you are going to get a Passion Project workbook as one of your bonuses to explore all of this in greater detail. Okay, let's start with an easy question. What patterns and themes do you see about what makes you happy? What times in your life have you been the most joyful? Really think about that. And again, whatever comes to mind first, I want you to really look at that. Don't squish it down. So something popped into your head. What do you make this mean? Notice your thoughts. Question two, what have you always found time to do? Why have you always found time to do it? How do you feel when you find time to do that thing? So really look at that. Question three, what did you always wish you had more time to do? And why haven't you done it yet if you haven't? So what are you always wishing that you had more time to do? Like in a, in a few of those moments when you're in the shower and you're like, oh, I wanna, I wish I, I wanna, that kind of thing. What are those things? One thing that always comes up for me is turtle tagging in Costa Rica. <laughs> I always want to be with nature. I don't know why that image is it. There's just something about the beach and Costa Rica and the turtles. Turtles are so beautiful. I don't know. Okay, question four. What have you always had a natural curiosity about? I love that question. What do you always, like if you're in a a group of new people and somebody brings this thing up, you'd be likely to pursue a conversation. Or if you come across a magazine article, or if you see something on TV, you're going to stop and watch something. Or on Facebook, you're going to stop the scroll. What is it? If it's a YouTube video, what is it? Okay, question five. Now that you see what you've been thinking through and noticing and writing, what has made you happy over the years? That's in line with your sense of purpose in the world. So look at any intersection there. What has made you happy and what is your sense of purpose and where do they cross over? Question six, what perspective do you have about what might be missing from your life now that you've done this 
few minutes of thought work. What perspective do you have about what might be missing from your life now that you've allowed your brain and your thoughts to wander a little bit with these prompts? And question seven, what information here stands out? What stands out for you? This can be your passion project. How committed are you to having this in your life now? How do you feel? Do you feel resistant? Do you feel excited? Notice that your feeling is being created by what you are thinking. Pay attention to this. Watch out for thoughts like these. These are dream squishers. I'm too busy. I'm too old for a change like this. I could never do that. This is too hard. It's never going to work. These kinds of thoughts are poisonous and simply not true. Pursuing what you're passionate about at any level can bring more meaning into your life and be exactly what you're looking for. All right. As you know, my focus as your midlife coach is to help you get unstuck and live your best life because there is way more fun to be had. If you want to finally focus on getting unstuck, like step on the gas already, there is no better mechanism, no better way when you know you're meant for more like this and you're wasting valuable time than to move forward with a community of women just like you. I would love to be able to help you get unstuck and create your exciting next chapter. I want to invite you to apply to the Women in the Middle Academy. It's a six-month coaching program where you get all the support you need to apply what you're learning here in the podcast, but more importantly, you get expert coaching, curriculum, and a community to get clear about what you want so that you don't have regrets. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Go ahead and apply. Just fill out the quick and easy application when you book your momentum call and we'll have a quick chat. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, head over to www.susierosenstein.com and click the podcast tab and you'll see the episodes there. Thanks so much for listening. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. I'm Susie Rosenstein and I'll talk to you next week. 